Rock and roll. All right. Welcome back to another episode of Shock Treatment with Mel and who? Mel and Maddie. Very nice. Uh, it is mid-October where we're bearing down on Halloween two weeks out. Double barrel with those two weeks. We're cocking back the shotgun double barrel style, aiming it at you. And we're going to be hitting you in the face a blast of Halloween greatness um, where all the podcasts are gathering together and we'll be coming together to do. Yeah. To do our like, first annual. Our first annual Gigantor, Boombastic Media, the whole family. Um, Halloween extravaganza episode. They'll be on the our, Boombastic Media YouTube page. Halloween episode. Halloween goes in. We were Halloween used to go into your eye holes. Now it goes in your ear holes. It took a lot of thought to think of, you know, Halloween. No, I'm kidding. We juggled with that name for 40 years before we finally came up with it. For right. anybody, for anybody that doesn't know, might be a little new to the game. Halloween is actually a yearly um, film film night type deal where the Boombastic Films used to do, where we would, you know, re- rent out a theater and have, you know, folks come by and we would dress up and do the whole deal and play multiple movies from different filmmakers and such. And um, with COVID, you know, that ain't reality anymore. So this year we're starting our first, you know, a lot of podcasting stuff for us really took off in 2020, I th- I feel. Um, so this is this will be our podcast extravaganza yearly Halloween thing. But yeah, everybody will mash up. Yeah, this is probably going to be the only way I'll see all of you for a while. <laughs> It'll be the only way anybody will see anybody. Right, anybody. seriously. So, uh, you know, we, we're, we're planning that. And, you know, today, tonight, in the dark shadows, we bring to you um, a very fun episode. Um, you know, we got to give big props to Fangoria. We're going to be taking a, taking a note from their book this evening. Um, and we're going to be rolling through their 101 best horror movies you've never seen list. You know what I mean? Now, me and Mel consider ourselves to be, you know, horror fans, maybe aficionados or... um, What have you. You know, yeah. Um, Too much time on our hands. Well, you know, (laughs) I guess. What what can you do? And um, we want to go roll through this list and see what we we haven't seen. Because we feel we've seen a good amount of horror films, especially combined, to be able to really nail down... um, you know, I mean, I've I've taken yeah. one of these quizzes uh, from somebody else. Somebody else put one of these out, and yeah. um, the movies were a little different. Some of the ones that are on Fangoria's list are the same, mm-hmm. but the one I took the last time out of a hundred movies, I saw ninety three of them. Yeah, my number is usually pretty high up there. Too. Yeah, and which is funny too because like I didn't realize how many of these like older ones that I actually did see. Yeah. The um, yeah, some sometimes they'll start to blur together when you when you get watching a couple that are the same vibe and such. You know what I mean? It's interesting too, like when um you have one on here that might show up, and then it has like the remake on there too. Yeah. True. Um, 
But we're talking best horror movies. Very few movies of remake nature fall into the old best of. But some, the thing does, the thing might be the best sci-fi movie of all time. And that's I spit uh, on your grave is on this list. Yeah, I, I spit on your grave is one of, it's a movie that uh, I give a lot of respect to. I have some stories for that too. You know what I mean? So just, we should probably roll into it just because I feel stories already. Yeah, that's fine with me. We should we roll always have stories. All right, the first film on the list is, in case anybody was wondering out there or worried, we are taking this alphabetically for everybody involved. So, you know, don't let your anxiety get the better of you. We're taking this A to Z, motherfucker. First up, number one, the 1976 film, Alice Sweet Alice. Now, I'm very familiar with this film. But I must say, I've never fully watched this entire film. Have you, Mel? I've seen it, but I don't think I've seen it like any time since I've been an adult. I saw it as a kid. There will be spoilers so, in this film, in this episode. Yeah, and, so if you haven't seen one of these hundred movies, this probably isn't the best show to start listening. Yeah, we'll have to we'll we'll redirect you to the show prior. What I remember from Alice, Sweet Alice, is I believe at the end of it, she's haunted by a girl, right? The, the plot of it is in a ni- uh, 1961, a divorced Catholic couple's life is turned upside down when one of their two adolescent daughters is suspected of her younger sister's brutal murder during her first communion and a series of subsequent stabbings. That's not any good. No, that's that's usually a bad deal. That's like pre... That's an in, in, in-home Columbine-type situation, it feels like. you got to be careful with that stuff. Now, if I remember correctly, the ghoul in this, if you will, was it was a... There was a girl in, like, a yellow raincoat, I think, and at the end of it, there's a reveal that she's, like, a dwarf guy. She's, like, Rufus from Bloodsucking Freaks or something. something yeah. Crazy. Yeah. There's a, there's a lot of movies that border on that same topic, you know? that they you think they're like orphan with the little girl but she's actually a grown woman you know there's a great tales from the crypt episode like that too um next up you know from 1982 this film stars the great donald pleasance you know what i mean uh jack palance is also in it directed by jack shoulder um, this is a movie that was kind of hard to get for a while. It went out of print for a little bit. It is Alone in the Dark. Are you familiar this, with this? This is I, one I've never seen. Never, I, I have seen this film. I'm, I'm a fan of this film. I hunted this film down on VHS uh, for a long time. Uh, great story to it. Uh, it's a movie that I actually wanted to re- reboot in a world full of, you know, always trashing rebooted films. I, there's, uh, there's a couple I wouldn't mind rebooting myself, so I'm just a gigantic hypocrite. Hypocrite <laughs> as, uh, what, what's her name? It says in Blow. I so, might want to take, I might actually want to check this one out, though, because it's and it's on Amazon, so that makes life a lot easier. Uh, Alone in the Dark's a good flick, and not to be confused, it's not a remake. There was a, the Stephen Dorff Alone in the Dark that came out in the 2000s was not, uh, I don't think they were, they were, Oh, yeah, yeah, with Christian Slater and Tara Reid, yeah. All right, next up after that, Apt Pupil, all right, from 1998, one of those, like, cool 90s thriller-ish, when we talked about, like, um, The Devil's Advocate, like, I think we brought up this film. Have you seen King. I I think it's based on a Stephen King book, too. It could be. 
Um, I know it's got the late um, Brad Renfro in there who, from the client and such and bully. Yep. Josh uh, Jackson, who at the time Clark's was bully. Yeah. Josh, yeah, Josh Jackson um, was best known for like what Dawson's Creek back then. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Joshua and Muddy Ducks, probably Muddy Ducks. Yeah. This is, this is based on the Stephen King book, the novella apps people. And I will have you seen this film? Not in a long time. I have, since 1998. You have seen it though? Yeah. Long All right. Time I think ago. we're going to, if we let, if they get, yeah, we'll have to keep track because if Fangoria gets a, gets a movie that me and you have both not seen, we're going to have to give them a point. And if they maybe get like, out of 100 movies, if they get maybe 20, if they have 20 movies that we've both never seen, they win. Yep, so far that's one. No, I've seen Apt Pupil. I own it. I love it. Apt Pupil is, a, is, is, I'm a big fan of Apt Pupil. You know, it's very dark. You know, it's right. It's like 187. It should be a double feature with 187 with Samuel L. Jackson. Uh, those like school. I've read the book. I, you know, I've read the actual, the physical story of it because but, growing up, I, I read like pretty much everything that was Stephen King. So I've got that, that point on my side at least. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, well, you get half a credit for the book then. You know what I mean? So, uh, they, they, we, we take a point on that, we'll say. But yeah. next up, the next one worries me a little bit because I gotta be. I'm gonna have to be a little honest with you. Uh, the Asphix is next. Never. Uh, I believe. I believe. Never heard of it. Asphyxation type deal. That's like the pronunciation. Like it's a yep. that type deal. Um, I own this film. I have never watched it. There was a very famous picture of a dude getting electrocuted that when I seen that picture, I had to hunt this movie down. And I realistically, I I haven't, I didn't find it until later in life. Probably in the last year or so, maybe uh, found it on eBay. So not really in the wild, but I, I found it nonetheless, I guess it it was shooting fish in a barrel. Um, But uh, yet to watch it, but I do plan on watching it soon. And you can rent it. Give them another point for that. No, you can rent it for two ninety nine on Prime. I own it. So. I own it. I got the tape. I just have to watch it. Well, you get a half a point because you have it. It's not like I've had <laughs> a bunch of time on my hands the last six months. It's not like we've been in a pandemic or anything. Oh, God, no. Um, next up, you know, Lucio Fulci's 1981, arguably his best film, The Beyond. Are you familiar with, have you seen The Beyond? I haven't. Well, luckily, I have. You should. Once things get kicking again, we should do more big double feature deals and, 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 and film situations. Sponsor our own. Yeah, The Beyond's a great film. Um, I felt like Blind ha- had get paid a little influence to The Beyond where uh, um, uh, there's a character in The Beyond who has, like, all white eyes and... Um, Caroline Williams has like really pit white eyes uh, in 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 blind. Yeah, she was, she was yeah, it. she. Yeah, and it wor- it works. It's one of those things. Um, and I always thought that was a tribute. I should have asked him while we had him. Well, oh, it's not like we can't. Um, well, we will next time. But I always yeah. thought that was homage to that. You know. Well, we could also ask Marcel. That's true. He's he'll be coming on the show soon. Um. So so we got we took that. All right, next up, 1974, Beyond the Door. Never heard of it. I've heard of it. And when, when you said Beyond the Gates, I thought of Beyond the Door, even though Beyond the Gates is a movie that I need to watch. 
Now, sadly enough, I've never seen this film beyond the door. Heard good things. You can get it. It is, you are able to get it. Um, just never seen it, but I will. We will, we'll check it out one of these days. So they get, they got another one. So far, they got three on us. Three of the 20. Maybe we should have done 50. This is uh, actually on Tubi. Yeah. Which is free streaming. So at least actually, that I have Tubi. I, so I will watch yeah. that. Yeah. If I, we can go back in time after we watch it and get that point. Right. Well, at least this way, you know, we, we haven't seen it and we can let people know if they want to see it, where they can find it. True. I'm with that. I'm with that. Um, next up is 1974 um, classic film, classic, 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 you know, Bob Clark, the late great Bob Clark, um, who also directed another, this is a Christmas film, uh, black Christmas. We'll spill the beans on it. The original, uh, Bob Clark, do you know what other holiday classic he also directed? Um, the remake of Black Christmas? Oh, very close. A Christmas Story. You oh, know, God. Talk about opposite out. ends of the spectrum. That's the, and they're both Christmas movies. That's yeah. fun about that, yeah. You've got the nice dark one, and then you've got the one that is beloved by everybody that gets shown for 24 hours on, like, 50 different stations. I know. Pretty soon, yeah, they'll be <laughs> looping it. You'll, they'll be everywhere you look. You know, rest in peace, Bob Clark. Very sad story. I think a drunk driver hit him and killed him and his son in a car accident. Like, super and, dark stuff. And John Saxon was in this, who, you know, recently yep, passed, yep, too. So yep. Margot Kidder, she just passed. Um. Yeah. Rest in peace to a lot of those people. Olivia Hussey. I think. I think Olivia's still kicking with us. And Kier Delia. Yeah. Yep. Classic. You know. Um. Next up, they have the 1988 remake. Speaking of remakes, The Blob. Have you seen this one? That one I definitely have seen. This is the one that's got uh, what's it, Shawnee, Shawnee Easton or something like that. Yep. 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 Shawnee Smith. Uh, Kevin Dillon, of course. Uh, Shawnee Smith later became popular again with the, the Saw Star movies. Um, and D- Matt and Kevin Dillon later became popular again with Entourage. Um, Chuck Russell, we talked about him recently uh, when we were doing our Nightmare on Elm Street ranking. Uh, he also directed this. I uh, directed some of th- something else that was really good, too, that escapes me at this time. But have you seen this one? I have seen it. It's been a long time since I've seen it. Like I'm going through the cast list and like Bill Mosley was in it. <laughs> so, you know, there's like a lot of people in here that, you know, when I actually initially watched it, I didn't realize who they were. Yeah. And then now it's like, Oh wait, I know this one. And I know that one. Like we were watching, well, Justin was watching the flash and Derek Mears popped up on that. Yeah. So it's like cool when you see, Someone that we've met in like within the horror genre doing The Flash or Swamp Thing Arrow or, you know, yeah. It's great in Swamp Thing, yeah. I haven't seen that yet either, and I heard that's really good. It's great. Uh, It's very unfortunate that they canceled it. That was a great show. The Blob you've seen. So you've seen The Blob. Did you see, not that I want to put us in a place where we could lose a point, but did you see the original Black Christmas? Yes, I've seen all of them. Oh, success! So we can, so we're, we're, we didn't lose a point. Very nice, very nice. No, we actually, we actually can. You know, if if we're playing by our own rules, we can, because I've seen all three of them. We can take off two of the ones we haven't seen. <laughs> ah, well, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> you know, kind of like negative. You know, rule each other out. There you go. We'll start it off. Well, we'll say, we'll say. Maybe they'll be on here. 
Um, next up, a 1991 horror film, which you, once you get in the 90s, things start to get a little, uh, teeter a little, a little bit. Yeah, but you get, there's a lot of fun stuff, and Campy was made. Fun and Camp was uh, good for the 90s, and this film's no, no uh, substitute to that claim. And that film is The Boneyard, which is uh, very crazy. Children turned into zombies wreak havoc in a, cor- in a corner's building with just the burned-out psychic and an experienced cop, the two coroners, to stop all the madness that is involved, you know. Um, have you seen this film? Never even heard of it. I own this film due to a mutual acquaintance of ours. Uh, the actual man who introduced us. Mr. Billy Coyne. Mr. William Francis Coyne the third. Yeah, usually a lot of these older movies, yeah. that's probably how I watched them for the first time, too. With Billy, was with Billy Hanging out at Billy's house. Because like, when we're down in the, in the effects den, you know how we're all good for throwing something on. And it's usually one of these more obscure movies that are hard to find. Yep, you got it. You got that right. Um, next up, another 1991 film, almost of the same caliber, which I, th- I thought this one was a little bit better, so I'm giving away the fact that I've seen it before. It is called The Borrower. Um, John McNaughton, who you may know from Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer, he directed that. Um, but the, in, in coming from Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer, Tom Tolles, you know, returns... You know, Ray Don Chong. How do you have a movie from the 90s without Ray Don Chong in it? Right. You, only, you also got Antonio Fargas, for anybody who doesn't know. He's that cool pimp character from I'm Gonna Get You Sucker. Um, which, if you've never seen that, whoo! You owe yourself, do yourself a favor. Guilty. Yeah, go, go watch that. And uh, Antonio Fargas's pimp character, and I'm Gonna Get You Sucker, is probably one of my top five favorite characters that have ever been on film, uh, if not five ten for sure. Uh, almost, almost warrants a tattoo. That's how. That's how great that is. So you've never heard of this one? No, I've heard of it. I've just never seen it. I got this on VHS. This was a rare find. I, I found. I think I got this at like a blockbuster that was going out of business, or maybe a Hollywood video. Um, next up, from uh, from Frank Kennenlauter. Well, I would love to get him on the show, but he is very picky about interviews nowadays. We've reached out to him for numerous projects. We tried to get him in Groundhog way back in the day. That's how much we love uh, Frank. But his 1988 film, Brain Damage, is probably a little lesser known film, in, in, if you were to pick one to be lesser known. Have you seen Brain Damage? I'm not sure, to be honest. I might have, but right now, that's... It sounds familiar, but I'm not sure. Yeah, brain da- it's like a parasite in a dude's head and, like, uh, makes him go crazy. But he's like, Wilmer, I believe, is his name. And he, he has, like, a, he sh- it's like a, that goofy Frank Hennenlauter, super dark, like, almost horrifically g- dark comedy. Um, you know, just beautifully done. You yeah, know like, I mean? a lot of these older, a lot of these older tit- titles, like, if I have seen them, most of them would have been as a kid, like when they first came out. Yeah. Because it would have been something I watched with my mom and never thought about again after the yeah. fact. Yeah. Hennenlauter, uh, I'd love to see more Hennenlauter films. His films are kind of unlike any other films. They're, 
they're horror films, of course, but the zaniness and the comedy that he adds, nobody else really can, you know, do what he what he does with it, which is nice. He's been doing. um, He did a a film called Bad Biology in the last maybe ten years. With uh, he wrote with Ari the Rugged Man, rapper, good guy. I worked with Ari a few times. I've seen that movie. Yeah, it's uh. That's interesting. We'll say it's it's interesting. That's kind of Frank. <laughs> That's like his weird. He he's almost like he has some of that like body horror like Cronenberg does, but it's more comedy. It's almost like a more comedic Cronenberg type. Deal. And and the funny thing is, is I actually enjoyed that movie. Considering I love all Frank Henenlotter's movies. Uh, Frankenhooker is fucking phenomenal. If you know, I, yeah, Frankenhooker is great. That's got to be on this list further up, I'm sure. Basket Case Films, you know, starts off with really horrifying. Uh, the first one's scary. You don't want to be in that situation. Then the sequels get more comedic, you know? Yep. Um, next up is a film that we've talked about recently in one of our memorial uh, tribute episodes for the great one, uh, Stuart Gordon. Yep, my favorite film. one, Castle Freak. Castle Freak, absolutely. Some of the best effects of its time. You know, like I said, 95, when in the 90s, when you weren't really, really seeing too many really cool horror films that were scary, you know what I mean? That the, the monster was actually, in the 90s, you had seen a lot of really cheesy shit, you know, for, you know, love it or hate it. I'm not bashing it. Yeah, well, like me and Justin, we've been watching, we've been trying to, like, watch at least, like, one horror movie a day for the 31 days of Halloween. Yeah, yeah I tried to. And, I tried to every year. I can't do it. And I, yeah, I, or I do, or I can't post anyways because I've been put in Facebook jail for 24 hours because they're just reminding me that, you know, I haven't been in Facebook jail since May, so they put me in for no reason. <laughs> Except for the simple reason that I was in there in May. <laughs> Wait, you haven't been in since May. Let's remind you that you can still be put back. Pretty soon you're going to have to get, like, Facebook, like, pay, like, Facebook lawyers to get you out of Facebook jail. Like seriously, I couldn't even I couldn't even dispute it. Didn't even give me the option. But like we were talking about how um, you know, like a lot of these older horror movies we we've that we've been watching, we've been trying to see like if it still holds up now. Right. Like it did back then because there's so few that do. You got any success stories? Um God, I don't even remember which ones we were watching that we were saying, but like Pet Cemetery, the original Pet Cemetery. Classic. Yeah, like there's not many, but there's there was a few. Like there's we've watched a lot and usually we get like three or four in a row. Yeah. Um Deep Blue Sea is the most recent one. You know, those are fun. Those are right up there with like guilty pleasure films. Yeah. I think we even talked about those movies a little, like with the shark movie, like with the mag. Yeah, I think we did talk. Yeah. Yeah, yeah like Deep Blue Sea was really good. The sequel sucked. I haven't I still haven't watched the third one yet. Yeah, um like the th- those See that that's a trilogy you watch on a night where everybody's having fun, if you know what I mean. Yep, yeah, because that way it's just you know background what I mean? noise. Yeah, you know what I mean. background noise because you're not going to end up watching it. You need a party atmosphere for 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 to take that walk. Yep. Um, Castle Freak, you've seen right? I've seen Castle Freak um, numerous times. Heck yeah, hell to the uh. Um, next up is 1994 uh, from the Michelle Solvi, starring Rupert Everett. Um, Cemetery Man. Have you seen? I, I nope. own this To take the pressure off of you, I've seen it. Well, that's good. At least one of us has. It's a fun movie. It's another, it's, it's foreign, so it has like a different feel to it, but it, I, I you know, 
I have it and I have watched it and but I remember it being a mixture of like Dead Alive meets like uh fuck. <sighs> I mean the 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 picture <laughs> the picture on you know for the, the that they're showing on the list it it kind of looks like it like it should be like a Bruce Lee It does look like a Bruce type Lee movie. That's not the poster work I was familiar with. I'm more familiar with the DVD, the work artwork on the DVD, which is a little more like, uh, you know, generic, but uh, still, you know. Um, next up, 1980, you know, starring George C. Scott, the beloved king of uh, of, of being Patton, I guess, you know, the the very moody, the Changling. Are you familiar? I've seen it, but I haven't seen it in a long time. It's like one of those ones that I need to revisit at some point because yeah, I do remember yeah. it actually being a decent flick. Yeah, you know, it's one of those weird, creepy movies. You know, his wife and daughter die in a car accident type deal, and he's in this big house, and um, he starts to feel a presence. Yeah, I actually, I actually think I own this on VHS. This is a, I own it on VHS. This is a very common mood movie. Like if you're looking for that creepy mood, this uh, this is right up right up there with it. Um, yeah, like there's some very creepy moments. I want to say that the famous the famous ball scene that you see in a bunch of movies of a ball bouncing downstairs or like going to the feet. I believe that is taken from this movie. I a lot of the. Uh, a lot of the best stories, there's some kind of bouncing ball involved. This even now does this is even before The Shining, if I remember correctly. Yeah, yeah. This is this no, is, The Shining came first. Huh? I think The Shining was first. No, The Shining was like '86, maybe. Was it really? I could be wrong. Now I need to check. Just because um, I don't. I thought The Shining was 1980. They came out the same year. Is it the same year? Yeah, the TV series came out in 97. Oh, this I can't be I can't be caught bad mouthing anything related to Stanley Kubrick. Next up, two year 2000, Cherry Falls. Yeah, not a fan. I've seen it. Not you a seen fan. It? I I have seen it myself. Um, yeah, not a not a good not a good film really. You know, I I know what they're going for, but it just. It was kind of like the precursor to like weird lifetime movie type uh, teenage girl horror that came. And that was, the, the know. late, the late probably would could have been great Brittany Murphy. You know, but I loved Brittany Murphy. You know, I thought she was a super talent, and uh, she could have had a long, long career. It was very sad. Yeah. But, uh, like, like seriously, I think she because. It didn't matter, like whether it was like a comedy or something more serious. She always nailed it. Yeah, I, but she had that crazy. Like I think all great actors have that spark of crazy in them, and I think she definitely had her spark of crazy. I think, yeah, but her death wasn't like an overdose or something. Like most, no, it was like uh, breathing in like uh, mold. Yeah, they they wanted they 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 were trying to say that. She was poisoned. Well, then the the boyfriend died recently after too. That whole thing was weird. I had a, I think the boyfriend killed her. I think and then it, killed and then couldn't live with it and killed himself. Yeah, I think it was one of those weird, crazy situations where 
she was move, she was gonna leave, like leave the situation, and that's he was just some like bum that was lucky enough to like tag on with her. You know what I mean? Yep. Uh, if I remember correctly, at least. Um, and yeah, she probably was like, you know, the game's over, the ride's over, and uh, he probably like probably killed her off. Um, but they were like heavy in the drugs and shit, which when, you know, when people are heavy, easy to control people if you got them all fucked up, you know what I mean? Rest in peace, Brittany Murphy. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Michael Bean's also in that from Terminator. Yeah, it had actually a, a halfway decent cast, Jay Marr. Jay Marr, yeah, the comedian Jay Marr does a good yep. Christopher Walken. Mm-hmm. The, um... Yeah, Michael Bain actually made a horror movie like seven years ago. Um, the Survivor or The Warrior or something like that. Um, I was meaning to see it, but I never did. But you know what other movie I didn't see, which is going to be horrifying and a tra- mark against us because I feel like you probably didn't see it as well? The Chinese Ghost Story one? The Chinese Ghost Story. Yeah, that's a definite no. From 1987. It sounds like it would be interesting. And what's crazy is I've actually seen, in my day, I've actually watched a lot of Chinese and Japanese horror because I'm a big fan. And I'm going right now to look to see what the subtitle is because out of a last-ditch effort, I possibly could have seen this under a different name. Uh, Yeah, doubt it. It's... (laughs) And I'm going to go ahead and say no. That I Yeah, have. I'm looking at it. Historias China State Phantasmus. I do feel like um, Criterion Collection did release this, where I usually see a lot of my uh, foreign film from. But I'm going to have to give them a point on this one, Mad Mel. Yeah, for sure. Like- Fangoria got us on that one. Um, but next up, 1980, um, Lewis Jackson's. Christmas Evil. You yeah, know? that's a no from me. I have I own this <laughs> film and have watched it. Troma put this out. Uh, this is a good Troma release for anybody out there. But I own, yeah. This is a good film. A toy factory worker, mentally scarred as a child upon learning that Santa Claus is not real, suffers one of those things they call a nervous breakdown after being belittled at work like everybody is. He snaps and uh, embarks on a yuletide killing spree using <laughs> bodies in Christmas present wrapping paper in his I can't I can't get my way Santa's not real I'm going to just murder everybody that gets in my path Well the true thing is if you find <laughs> out Santa Claus isn't real do you really have to be good anymore I don't think so Why Exact mundo It's false advertising Hell yeah. You said he was real he's not I don't need to behave <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> Alexander Hawks like motto to live by um next up is the 1993 i believe directorial debut by guillermo del toro and one of the first times no i take the the second part back this wasn't one of the first times we've seen ron perlman because he was kicking around for many moons but yeah he, uh, he was in like beauty and the beast the tv series and whatever Chronos. It's like a modern, twisted modern day, type, kind of vampire-ish a little bit, but not really. Type tale, if I remember correctly. Um, fun film. You know, it has some really creepy moments. 
Um, there was some weird moment of a dude eat like a like drinking blood, uh, uh, like a weird. I don't know, Marble. I remember marble floors and blood in my head. But, yeah, I remember watching this. I have the Criterion Collection version of it. Um, not, you know, I, I love Del Toro. Uh, it's a fun, fi- you know, not a fun film, but it's, a inter- it's an interesting film. You know, definitely not where he went to, talent-wise, but you can definitely see sparks of talent in there, and it's worth watching. Probably yeah, it's definitely not one I've seen and you know, luckily I have Prime, so it's on there. I can rent it on there. Yeah. So, see, I'm happy I own it because I, I I like to have people's bodies at work. Uh, <laughs> and I did watch it, and I in my head it it didn't strike me as something like like that it was great or anything. You know what I mean? Like he has other films that are great. You know what I mean? But uh, yeah. it wasn't bad. It just wasn't. You know. Well, I, I mean, every everybody has their movies that are great and that that aren't. It's true. Um, next up is the 1995 film The Day of the Beast. I'm not even trying to pronounce yeah, uh, the like other the, language. I think it's like in... Uh, yeah, in like Alexander de la Iglesia directed it. Um, bent on com- committing as many sins as possible to avert the birth of the beast, the Catholic priest teams up with a black metal aficionado and an Italian connoisseur of the occult. Now he must become an unrelenting sinner. Is there still hope? Um, yeah. Interesting. I've never seen this one. It is it's very- on Tubi. Is it a Tubi thing? It's, it's on Tubi right now. Maybe I'll have to dive in. But yeah, so the, the Fangoria's got one on us on that one. All right, next up, number twenty, um, nineteen eighty-five. I know we've both seen this film, Day of the Dead. George A. Yes. Woo, Laurie Cartel. That's, Cartel. that's Terry, a favorite. Our pal Terry Alexander. Terry Alexander has boombastic films in his house as we speak. Um, we got to meet him. Um, last year, I think it was at, uh, the Dead of Autumn Horror Film Festival, uh, over in Taunton. I know Brianna Gonzalez and our good friend James Lamond run that, uh, run that film festival. That was a lot of fun. Uh, he came in, um, and was, uh, he had a film there and I am, escapes my mind right now and I feel so bad. Um, The Last Call, actually, I think it was called. And um, Terry Alexander was there. I brought in my Day of the Dead little mini poster that I have signed. And uh, he signed it for me like a complete, absolute gentleman. And uh, I believe I told him uh, about coming on the show. And as you can that see, would be cool. he's been on the show. So hopefully we'll get him on the show. He'll hear us talking about him and, you know, decide to come on. They'll go there talking about my movie. They remembered the name of my movie. They're good people. Right. I'm, I'm going to go on this show. Uh, Marcus LeBlind directed it. He's a good dude, too. We met him. Rock's one of the coolest scarfs in the business with the shining print. One of my favorite things. Um, but you've seen Day of the Dead, right? Oh, God, yeah. Sure. Just watched uh, it recently. Staple. Uh, you know, if, if, if somebody tells me they're a horror fan and they have not seen Day of the Dead, I kind of... They're not really a horror fan. Every now and then, it's funny. You'll, you'll see people that, you know... Claim to be big horror fans, and they haven't seen some of the staples, which is I always find funny. But 
I guess if you've seen any horror films and you enjoy them, you can be a horror fan. But, yeah, because I, I don't like, I mean, I've seen some more recent, you know, horror movies. Yeah. That I wouldn't have thought would be horror, but they actually weren't bad. Because I'm not a big fan of Blumhouse movies, and I just watched, I just recently watched, the, like, their their version of Fantasy Island. Yeah, no good. I heard that, that looked like, that looked like, uh, like when you go, when you, you know, when you go to like a McDonald's or something and you're like pulling out of the parking lot and you look on the ground and you see like the food that somebody threw on there because they were upset or whatever. Yep. That's what that Fantasy Island movie looked like. When I, I you know what? I thought it, I thought it was going to be a complete, like, I thought it was going to be a complete shit show and uh, it actually was, it was actually not bad. It, that it's killing me to actually say that, but it was not bad. Well, then it's better than it looks, which is good. I give them credit for. I've always said I'm not really a big Bloomhouse has had the films in the past that I appreciate, but I'm not a gigantic preacher of their deal. I like A24 a lot more. Yeah, I'm starting to get more into A24. Um, Especially after watching uh, Hereditary and Midsommar. That's actually well, one I got to watch with Justin is Midsommar. Classic. That's a classic good film. That's probably on here. Maybe not. A lot of people seen it, actually. Um, but I yeah. think it's a fantastic movie. Like, that movie was beyond fucked. <laughs> Woo! But in a good way. Um, of course. Of course, dude. Culty. Whenever you're dealing with cult, if you're doing a cult movie correctly, it's going to be fucked up. Yeah, you know I mean? that definitely was. <laughs> That's a main ingredient to the to the to that whole genre. Yep, love genre. Very good stuff. I love cult films. Um, there's a the cult of Buddy Butterfuko is out there too. Be on the. I want everybody listening to be careful because there's a cult called the Cult of Buddy Butterfuko, and it's out there trying to get your children. So just be on the lookout. You better be careful how you say that. People start looking at Buddy Butterfuko thinking he's a child fucking molester or no, something. No, 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 no. Sh- you're right. I should. He doesn't. He's not going to rape your children. He cuts the throats of your children. and Because <laughs> that's blood, better. <laughs> and he uses their blood for his, you know. His rituals. He, he, whenever I heard him speak, he always said that he should be liked because he doesn't do... He he's very against pedophiles and child molesters. He actually, in his cult, he believes those people should be burnt. Um, so they should be burnt by fire. They should be sent to hell burning. That's what he says. That's out of his out of his preaching his preachings. But no, he, the children, all the bad children that all the children that are that don't behave themselves all year. Uh, Buddy Butterfuko comes around and he cuts their throats from ear to ear. It's, uh, you know... Sounds like a new anthology. Like some kids like it, some kids don't like it. You know, the ones that behave themselves, they enjoy it because the bullies usually get their upcoming, you know, they're, they're, they're just desserts with the fucking cherry on top, you know what I mean? Yep. Um, that's for another episode. But our next film up is the 1999 film The Lighthouse, which, sister, hold my hand because... I ain't never seen this film, and I'm really hoping that you get. You, you, I've seen a lighthouse this movie. But this is not the one. <laughs> yeah, that one. I was looking at it, and I was like, I don't think anybody's ever seen this movie. I've never uh, even heard of 
Like, I didn't even, yeah, not even heard of. Like, I don't know anybody that's in it. Like, members of a shrunken prison ship take refuge at an old lighthouse, unaware one of their most notorious criminals has taken shelter there as well. This uh, obviously is starring Alexander Hawk. Um, I'll be on the lookout. It sounds like it would be that kind of a movie. Like, Alexander Hawk plays one of the the sunken prison uh, inmates taking refuge. And uh, there was a scene where uh, it's a gigantic octopus person. Okay. And it eats Alexander's fucking head. Miles him right up. Now, we but we'll take that loss and move on because what else can you really say about this film? The poster Nothing. looks horrendous. Um, I don't Nothing see- appealing. Nothing yeah. appealing about this movie at all. I'm not really seeing anything appealing about it. Uh, maybe one of the people that work at Fangoria's brothers or cousins or uh, significant other made the film or something. But, I'm not even going to lie. The next few movies on this list are I probably have not seen or have any interest in seeing. Oh, that's sad. You know, the next movie up is uh, the 1989 film. You ready for this? The Dead Pit? The Dead Pit. Never saw it. Never seen The Dead Pit? The Dead Pit you know. is uh, one of those films that's kind of a classic film. You know, it's yeah, no, no never seen it. The VHS artwork is very notorious, you know what I mean? Um, yeah, The Dead Pit's a good... Um, our, our good pal Chris McGibbon is a gigantic fan of The Dead Pit, if I remember correctly. Well, it's on Prime, so I can give it a chance. I think, or uh, maybe the video dead with uh, Michael St. Michael, who I'd like to get on the show. Our pal Neil Jones is very tight with him. He's always on Neil's show. Maybe he can help us out. Or, or uh, our, 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 uh, our, 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 he became a pirate real quick there for a minute. Our brotherhood with uh, Neil Jones will get us a nice Michael St. Michael's interview. But yeah, the Dead Pit's a fun movie. Um, not the video dead. That's probably on here as well, though, I'm sure. But uh, the Dead Pit's a fun movie. I got it on, um, I got the VHS of it. It's not like a great movie or anything like that. It almost goes in with, like, uh, The Barnyard a little bit, like in that type of film, that essence of film you're getting into, I, if, if memory serves me correctly. Yeah. So, yeah, we, we, got, we just got the last couple ones. Ooh. Ooh, my goodness. This is what we got. 1993 Dark Waters. Um, a girl travels to an island after the death of her father to find out why her father funded a monastery on the island. Um, feel already like that Wicker Man vibe, like a culty yeah. deal. Like uh, Ariasta should be rebooting this. Um, I have never seen this, unfortunately, and I don't think you have either. Nope, it's on uh, Prime too, though. Like, just thank God everything on this list so far is on Prime because I can go back and watch them now. Maybe we'll do, we'll watch the the movies we haven't seen. Maybe we'll do an episode after we watch them. Um, next up, 1994's Death Machine. All right, you know, starring Brad Dourif. Have you seen that? I have not. I have. Luckily, I own the VHS, and I actually own the DVD. Believe it or not, it's a beautiful thing. Stephen, I Mo- like the cover work for it. That. Uh, yeah, 
Yeah, the, the cover was great. Uh, you know, another killer robot movie, which those are fun too. Those are very guilty pleasure horror for me as well, like the big shark and creature movies. But the the, the mechanical, the mangler classic that that could be. Yeah, on the mangler the was really good. You know what I mean? Um, Death Machine. I'm trying to think of some other. You know, Chopping Mall's got some death machines in there. You know, some of those killer machine movies. Uh, Johnny Five, the most badass of all killing machine. Yep. <laughs> uh, they did that. They did that. Um, what was that k- kids movie uh, they did? That, that It was a kids show they turned into a horror movie a couple years back. The, uh, Goosebumps? No. The, 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 uh, scary Stories? No, it was like a... They were like, um, it was like a Barney type thing, but they made it into, it's like the something somethings, the banana splits. Banana splits. Yes. I told Justin we needed to watch that. That was actually pretty fun. Yeah. That that blew my mind so much. I forgot where I was going with that, but I was going to say, whatever we were talking about should get like a blip. Oh, Johnny five should get like a horror banana split style redo where like he's, he's, it's like, uh, Short circuit meets child's play type deal. That could be interesting. Like I've wasted enough of people's time with that. We're moving into the next film. And that film is 1974's, also directed by the great late Bob Clark, Death Dream. Have you ever seen this film? Nope. Blue Underground released a devastatingly beautiful um, DVD release of this film that I own and this is a a very cool film you know a young soldier comes back from Vietnam and uh, you know his body you know he he returns uh, let's just say he might not be alive anymore but he still returns home one of those deals you know what I mean yeah it says it's available I can watch it on full moon it says it's available on full moon with prime so very. I I don't mind full moon feature so full moon's all right, you know we got that uh, full Moon's a good deal. Uh, we worked. Me and me and Bill Coin worked for Full Moon. That's how I met you guys. That's, that's how you met us guys. Well, that's back when me and me and Bill were women at that time before I changed. But <laughs> um, that's when we met Mel for the first time. But yeah, Full Moon. Like I said, Full Moon. Uh, they have a, they they got their films that are really cool and fun. They have some films that aren't so cool and fun. But um, hey. They gave me a job for a day or whatever, so hey, I'm happy with that. Right. Uh, um, you know, I didn't get it. I didn't get a job for a day on the 1998 film Deep Rising. Did you? No, uh, and I've actually seen this. Yeah, I have a, a good film. A lot of this was just recently redone by Scream Factory or Shout Factory. I think did a nice version of this. Um, you know, Treat Williams, which I like. My Treat Williams preferred in Dead Heat. You know, I think that's a rarity film that uh, I think it should, should be on this list um, with the great Joe Piscopo. You know what I mean? For If you're looking for a movie that does not know what it wants to be, horror or, or buddy cop uh, comedy, like you go watch that movie and you, you, you be kind of be in awe and how awkward, how awkward certain things fit into the movie. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, Deep Rising, I've seen it. Not a gigantic fan, but uh, it's one of those... It's one of those like later '90s movies that uh, you know I'm not gonna I'm not gonna freak out if it goes on. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think at that I think like back in the '90s, I really was it was more the main line like Nightmare on Elm Street, Halloween type movies that I was into. I wasn't really watching any, you know. 
Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. The more mainstream. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there, the, the, uh, the, it was an interesting time. You know, that the faculty came out around that time. This was the time of the relic, and yeah. Um, I just watched the faculty the other day. That was like a great movie. The faculty's a fun movie. It doesn't quite stand up. Like I remember going to see that in the theater. Yeah, uh, and like being at that, being like almost around that age of them, and then just being like, "This movie kicks fucking ass!" Like this movie's the shit. And uh, I watched it again in the last like year or so, and it's still a good movie, but it, it just didn't live up um, for whatever we reason. Just, literally, I watched, we just watched it like a few days ago. What's his name? The dude from H two O, Josh Hartnett. Josh Hartnett, dude. I wanted to be that dude. He was he was the most handsome guy there ever was. That's all I know. Yeah, back then, yeah. He's not some... I don't know about I now. I bet he's still pretty good looking. I'm not going to hate. No, me I mean, neither. I, I like him. I need him to have my back if Jason Momoa ever comes physical with him. <laughs> Josh Hartnett helped me out. And he'll get Penny Dreadful on his ass. Um, the next film up is 1990's Death by Temptation. Um, probably like the precursor to, uh, to fucking Vampire in Brooklyn. You know the 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 West the Craven, exploitation type West movies. Craven, uh, Eddie Murphy classic of its time, of course. Um, have you seen? Come that? on, it's not Samuel. So, like, how are you gonna have? You can't have that kind of movie without I him in it. Samuel is a crazy preacher too, which is nice. I uh, I have seen this movie. Um, it's a trauma. Released it. This is actually a really good film. Um, this is one of those things when Troma got the hand got their hands on films that were like really good. Like this is one of those situations. Uh, so yeah, if anybody out there, my my co-host included, if you haven't seen Death by Temptation, by all means, pop in and see that thing. Um, James Bond the Third, which I believe is, I believe is the dude from like a different world. Uh, no, that's that's Kadeem Hardison. Oh, okay, my bad. That too. But he is in it, yeah. Yeah, I know the dude directed it, uh, so I assumed it could have been like a passion project of like a more well-known actor. <coughs> but, <clears throat> but yeah, Death by Temptation. Have you ever seen it? I have not. It's a good watch. Like I said, that would be perfect for, uh, if Chris McGibbon's listening, that would be perfect for a double feature with Vampire in Brooklyn. Maybe we'll do something in the old boombastic offices. I think that would be a good idea. We can start our own watch parties. I support that. Next up, 1996 film starring Corbin Burnson, directed by Brian Usna from the Reanimator fame, uh, produced the first one for Stuart Gordon, and I believe directed the second and third. Um, the Dentist. We talked about this film recently with Guilty Pleasures, uh, almost in a category like Dr. Giggles. Giggles. And I own both of them. Classics. The, this is very Full Mooney-like, but this was from Live, I think. Um, uh, like a, it was a, This was like the, the pre-Lionsgate company. Um, yeah, you can't complain. Uh, what, um, oh, God, pre-Lionsgate. Uh, what was that? I can picture. I can picture the logo in my head. I just can't. Yeah. Yeah. But um. Corbin Burnson. Dentist actually had a sequel too. Did you ever see the sequel? No, I haven't. I believe I have the sequel, and I think the cover is like somebody's face. 
with like the teeth or like needles or something weird. I think I have that. I've never watched it, but I think I have the sequel VHS. But I have seen the uh, the dentist. I actually enjoy the dentist. I remember uh, there's two things I remember from the dentist. There's a scene of somebody getting a blowjob by a pool, and then a scene where someone's teeth get like fucking annihilated with a drill in their mouth and it was like the shot from like the tongue's point of view yeah um yeah so the dentist is cheesy fun if you're looking for cheesy fun uh take the dentist for a walk in the sun our next film is deranged confessions of a necrophile have you seen this i've never even heard of it it usually goes as deranged. I never seen the full title that often. That's not really a thing I see. But deranged, uh, starring the gentleman from, uh, if you remember Home Alone, remember the crazy neighbor with the shovel that they yep. tried to paint like a serial killer? It stars that dude uh, as like an Ed Gein type character. It might even be based on Ed Gein, but it's pretty much the Ed Gein story, like with uh, all that crazy fucking. The madness around that. Uh, Robert Blossom, I believe, was the name of the older dude. Uh, he was in a lot of shit. You see his face. I'm sure you'll... Uh, you'll recognize him. Yeah, but he was definitely... He was the dude from Home Alone. Um, that poor dude you feel bad for. You know what I mean? As a kid, like, what's funny is the dude from Home Alone, that bad guy, like, as a kid, you go, oh, he's scary. But, like, you look at him in life, and he looks, like, when you're old, he looks so frail, you're just fucking ripping to Like, yeah, it's like, what was he really going to do to you? Yeah, not, not that I'd ever heard him. Um, moving on. Uh, another Guillermo del Toro film. Uh, Guillermo del Toro is big uh, on this list. Uh, well, Guillermo is, because he's foreign... The foreign films, I think they're on the list because uh, they're less, you know, a full American audience hasn't had a chance to see them sometimes. So we'll see a lot of his stuff on here. Uh, I think a lot of people need to start getting more into the foreign horror because they're a lot better. I support it. They try harder. You know, it's either more they take more pride in their art or they know that they have to compete they have to work harder to compete with American film, but for whatever. But also, they don't. They don't have. They don't have the restrictions with the guidelines like we do here either. They so they can go. They can push the envelope a little further. Yeah, it's all good. I support it. Yeah, so definitely, I, it'd be cool to get some you know foreign film horror filmmakers on the show. Have you seen The Devil's Backbone? I have not. I have. Luckily, it's a, a great film. You know, the, the the ghoul, if you will, the monster, if you will, in the film. You know. Del Toro's big on sympathetic monsters and them not really being the monster, not really being the bad guy, so to speak. Um, and no, uh, he just kind of made that way. Yeah, so like the presence in this film, if you will, is very. Uh, I love the makeup job on it; it's really good and creepy, super effective. Um, <laughs> Criterion Collection released a really good edition of this. If anybody's out there looking, uh, next up, The Sect from nineteen ninety one. Uh, Michael Suave, uh, you know, uh, Italian director that d- directed a lot of stuff. He was right up there with, uh, you know, uh, this is actually the same dude, I think, that did fucking um, Cemetery Man. Uh, but we got, you know, Argento, I believe, produced it. It was involved. Yeah. You know, they were all cool with each other, which was good. Unfortunately, I have never seen this movie. Have you? I have not. 
A lonely kindergarten teacher discovers a secret well in the basement of her house and soon finds herself being followed by a murderous satanic cult. I dig that. Is that on Amazon? It is. Fuck yeah. Like That sounds right up my alley. I'm surprised I've never seen that. Yeah, no, it actually does sound really good. And that is a check against us, child. We probably already hit the 10. Oh, no, we're going to 20. I changed it to 20. When I thought about it, I changed it to 20. Realistically, probably should have done 30 or maybe 40. Um, next up, the 1987, uh, also Stuart Gordon classic we've talked about. Um, our, our pal Billy's a gigantic fan of this film. It is I like this one. Dolls. Yeah, great cover. Artwork. I remember that artwork from the VHS store as a child. Burned into my brain, you know great concept you can really you really can't go wrong with you know doll type horror whether you're going child's plague or you know mummy dearest or uh, even like in uh, dearest, like rather huh that one segment from tales from the hood um which with one the little with the little black dolls Oh, um, yeah, 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 yeah. The guy that was the KKK, me- the guy that was the KKK member that was running for That's like Corbin Burnson. That's Corbin Burnson. Yeah. That's the dentist himself. Yep. Yeah. There, uh, there's so many crazy lines in that movie. I don't feel comfortable repeating. With the little nigglings? <laughs> yeah. Cause he's such a scumbaggy. Oh, and the dude who plays like his right hand man. Well, I mean, it was supposed to be, he was supposed to be a KKK <laughs> member. So. You know, yeah. the movie, it's it's a black cast. It's, what's, what they've like, never put, what's, what's really kind of funny and they've never put together is how much him and Trump kind of look alike. Right? That's what I was thinking, though. Like, now that I'm, like, rehashing. Yeah, I'm surprised there was never any memes or, like, any weird things like that brought up. Well, maybe we should make some. I don't know. We'll see. Um, they're doing, <laughs> did you watch the third one? I have. It wasn't actually that bad. Um, yeah, you said it was better than the second one, right? Uh, yeah, well, the, the second one was a flop. I, they should have never, ever released that. Well, you know. Somebody needed money. And I liked it because Tony Todd was in it, and you can't yeah. go wrong with Candyman. I'll be honest with you. When I seen that Tony Todd was in it, I actually felt bad for a second that I'm probably going to have to give this movie a hard time with Tony in it. So I'm very happy that you liked it because I yeah did. I didn't think I didn't think it was bad. It was definitely better than it hurts, the second. It hurts my soul when I got when a movie's bad news and we got to talk about it being bad news. But people you like were involved with it. Yeah, you know what I mean because you don't want to you don't want to not be honest about it, but like you don't want to tear down anything you know that they are actually proud of. Yeah, uh, even though they're not proud of them in certain situations. Yep. But uh, next up. Is 1997's Event Horizon. The Event Horizon, that's right. Yep, from Paul W.S. Anderson with Lawrence Fishburne, Sam Neill, Kathleen Quinlan, and Jolie Richardson, who was in Jurassic Park, I believe, the little girl in that. Uh, Sam Neill was also in Jurassic Park. Yep, six degrees of separation over here. Very, very, every now and then on a... a, when the when the temperature is just right outside, I can watch. They release them. I can watch a Lawrence Lawrence Fishburne movie. 
and uh, Event Horizon's kind of his creme de la creme. Uh, Laura, I'll call him Larry because we're close, but Larry's i uh, I'm not a gigantic fan of Larry, you know what I mean? Um, he, uh, there's certain times I like Larry, but uh, oftentimes I don't like Larry. I'm, I'm not really a fan of him <laughs> in the horror movies. I, I think, to be quite honest, the only movie I've really enjoyed with him in a, in the, in a role his brief appearance in Nightmare Three. I like the orderly. I like how he was trying to be kind of supportive of the kids. Larry's and I like him in uh, Boys in the Hood. Yeah, see, that's what I mean. Larry's got his moments, but for the most part, I'm not a big fan. And nowadays, I feel like he just is the same dude and everything. He just he he got to that place where actors just play themselves. He just wants to keep now. acting. Yeah, it's like I'm just I'm Larry. Like who they're like he shows up on set and they're like, Oh, you're playing like King King Ferdinand today and he's like Yeah, no, I'm Larry. I'm Larry. I'm Larry. I know you you uh, you're gonna be this not nah, I'm Larry. And like that's almost like how not to give too much hard times to the to my friend Larry, but uh, that's a lot of like actors later in the game, that's how they kinda come off where it's like, I'm just playing myself in this movie. Right. I don't want to get lost in anybody else because I'm, I'm finally discovering myself. I'm Larry. I want to lose. Why would I want to lose myself? So we've you seen Event Horizon? I have. Yeah, I like it. It's a good flick. Uh, very scary. I like the ghoul, the devil dude at the end when he comes out. He's all like fucking, uh, like, uh, like fucked up looking, all shredded looking. Yep. That's a good look. Um, next up. 1990s baby blood uh, i have not seen this and after reading how this is written about what the movie's about i want to watch it when a strange when creature yeah yep. yeah that 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 all that just says it when a strange creature crawls into a woman's uterus she becomes a killer in order to feed the tiny terror growing within within her that says it all yeah i've never seen that one either uh, but i would definitely like to see it You want to take the next one? Oh, sure. Why not? Um, I'll, let take, I'll let you take the lead on a couple. I'm losing number, my Number 35 on this list, 1990s, The Exorcist 3. William Peter Blatty directed this one. He wrote the book. And then, well, I yep, with the George C. Scott, Ed Flanders, Brad Dourif. Where the police lieutenant uncovers more than he bargained for is his investigation of a series of murders, which of all the hallmarks of the deceased Gemini serial killer leads him to question the patients of a psychiatric ward. I just, yeah, I just recently watched this again. Uh, this is one of those ones that I think got more love later in life. Like yeah, it's like, it's like, it's like, came out. it's the, it's the season of the witch of the exorcist franchise. Yeah. And like Brad Dourif, I forgot how fucking hard in the paint Brad Dourif goes in that role. Like, Brad Dourif, like, you know, you kind of forget how dark that dude's willing to go. And then you go back to, like, that that role was, like, something. That was something. Uh, I love the Well, idea. everybody's, like, everybody's, because everybody is so used to just, you know, thinking of him as the voice of Chucky. They yeah. forget that there's other awesome pieces of work out there that he's done. 
Oh, he's gonna. He's like Jeffrey Combs, where you multiple genres of film. You know, he just kind of. Well, that when you're when you're a great actor like both those dudes are, you you excel at any anything put in front of you. You can really you know break into. But yeah, yeah, that was uh, that was some dark stuff with Chucky. You know, Chucky was dark because he was a killer, but like he said witty things and. You know, funny. Yeah, he had his he had his Freddy. comical moments. He became more Freddy Kruegerish, but yeah, Duraf and fucking Exorcist Three is like there's no comedic give to that whatsoever. It's just straight darkness. It's like it's exactly what I assume to like it would have what it would have been like to sit in sit in a room with Richard like a interrogation room with Richard Ramirez. You know what I mean? Like it's one of these really tapped out dudes that like no longer have their mind with them. I, I, or it like, and possibly even consumed by like raw fucking evil devil shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's a fun watch. Up oh, next up is a film that we talked about recently. With and I just watched it like oh, last yeah. week. I watched it. We have 1986's from beyond from classic. yet again, another Stuart Gordon classic. With Jeffrey Combs and Barbara Crampton, Ted Sorrell, and my favorite man in the world, Ken Foray. Ken Foray's the dude, yeah. I love him. He's like, he, I don't know, there's something about his screen presence. Even if he's not in it the whole time, when he is on screen, he commands your attention. Yeah, you know, this movie, they don't credit this movie with the H.P. Lovecraft vibe that I think came with... The the newer one the 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 shape uh, the color uh, in the color of space color out of space color out of space yeah the t- tongue twister for me I don't know why but like a, a lot of the pink colors and stuff that I think Richard Stanley chose I've never read a lot of H P Lovecraft so who knows if the colors in his writings but I know that uh, you know uh, from beyond you know this is a lot where I first recognized a lot of those pink pink lights purple lights yep. being hit. You know what I mean? On that. And they're both, you know, they're both H.P. Lovecraft stories, of course. You know what I mean? And uh, and now with the, um, that new series coming out, like every, even the colors that they use in that. Yeah. Are, you, you know, you know, it's a Lovecraft. Yeah. yeah um, thing because of the way, the usage of the colors. John Carl Buechler, the late great, he was a rock and shock. I think the was he the last year that it was there, or the second to last. Who John Buechler? Yeah. He was there in two thousand seventeen. Yeah. That rest in peace. Did the effects on it? Quite an effect movie when you really get into it. Uh, it did the the effects in this movie were fantastic. You know, considering the year it came out, like yeah. most people would probably be like, "That movie's garbage," but like. It's really not. Yeah. Um, next up, 1997's Funny Games, the Michael Haneke uh, film, which he later w- went on to reboot it and remake it shot for shot because uh, it's so great. Uh, have you seen Funny Games? I have not. Uh, luckily, I have, and it is a fantastic film. Uh, I think it's German. I could be wrong. Uh, I think it's hysterical how there's like 
several of these lists floating around with like a hundred different horror movies. Yeah. I, I, I took one, I went through one of them the other day that was like a quiz to see how many of them you'd seen. Yeah. And I saw like 93 out of the 100. And this one, I, I've seen, I haven't seen more than I have on this list. Yeah, this, well, this is the big Fangoria one. Yeah. So they know they're One better. of the most well renowned horror magazines in the world. One of the longer lasting ones. Longer lasting, too. They've had their ups and downs. I think they're still going to this day. I know recently they had, they were. They would do they like quad like fucking what quad monthly quad yearly they do it four times a year or something like that. Yep. You know, but they break it up monthly before. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes you got to do that, though. You know. And then next, then we have Ginger Snaps from two thousand from John Fawcett, and it has starring Emily Perkins and Catherine Isabel, who I absolutely love, and yeah. Mimi. That one's not too bad. That's no, just death, ob- death obsessed. And then they find out that, you know, they become werewolves. I never watched this movie. You've never seen this? I've I don't know. I know this is a big one, too, I've never, but I've never watched this film, yeah. You can watch it for free on IMDb TV. Um, this two, the, the sequel was well-liked, too, right? Isn't there a sequel that people liked? I think altogether, I think there's four of these movies, but I've only seen two, the first two. That's kind of scary. I don't know. I, well, I can't say anything because I've never seen any of them, but I I felt like Me, the I think Snaps didn't need four movies, but... I really liked one, the first one. I can't... Yeah, Subspecies never needed any more than one film, in my opinion, and probably not even that one. Some horror people don't like that, right? Yep. And I think Bill Coyne don't like when I say that. Um, next up, uh, classic 1990s hardware uh, from Richard Stanley, the gentleman who brought us the, the HP Lovecrafts. Uh, and, uh, dude, I don't know why that name is killing me That, that in, in uh, Colorado space. But uh, same direct. This is the his the first thing that put him kind of on the map was this sci-fi horror movie called Hardware, which is a uh, classic. You know, very gritty. Uh, you know, VA, this is a film that had its troubles and was hard to get for a long time. This filmmaker, Richard Stanley, great filmmaker. Some of his films got caught up. He has a movie called Dust Devil that's really kind of hard to find, uh, and even harder to find the version he'd probably want you to see. There was, part, there was one that got pretty hacked up, I believe, by studios or whatever. Um, but the hardware is a great flick. Uh, it was like a new, it was like a Terminator, like a, I wouldn't say a new next generation Terminator, but it was almost in the essence of a Terminator feel, but like more horror. Um, and the, the robot that kills is fucking awesome looking, which is good, great. You know what I mean? Have yeah, what I, no, I haven't seen this one. This one, I think this might be on Amazon. It is. Yeah. Just about every single movie that's on this list so far is either on Amazon or some other streaming platform that I have. So I, if, I in all that. reality, I could have literally done the 30 Days of Horror and just gone off of Fangoria's list. Yeah. Watched a whole bunch of movies I have not seen yet. Yeah, I got... 
I got this on VHS and Blu-ray. And um, the Blu-ray, like, really cleans up nicely. You know what I mean? I recommend anybody who hasn't seen it pick up the Blu-ray. It'll be worth it. You could probably get it for, like, Probably, like, five bucks. A little more than that. It, it, at one point, it was rare, but then I want to say they re-released it. Um, next up, 1981. Hell Night. Simone, starring Linda Blair, Vincent Van Patten, Peter Barton, and Kevin Brophy. Hell Night. Hell Night! Four college pledges are forced to spend the night in a deserted old mansion where they are stalked by the monstrous survivor of a family massacre years earlier. Now, I'm going to be completely honest with everybody here. As much as I feel like I've seen this movie before. Yeah, I'm not sure. I can't remember fucking millisecond of anything in this. So I'm going to say that I haven't. Haven't. Because I just might very possibly own the tape and haven't watched it. But I could have watched it and just not been affected to the point of not remembering any of it, too. Right. But I'll mark that down as a check against us. I'll be fair because I really couldn't tell you anything about it unless you've seen it. Have you seen it? I have not. Yeah. So I'm going to redeem myself with the next two because the next two I have. We're going to get into a happier note. We're going to jump into things we've seen. Um. Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer from 1986. Yeah. Directed John McNaughton with yep. Michael Rupert, Tracy Arnold, <clears throat> Tom Charles, and Mary Damis. Oh, yeah. This movie was fantastic. Like, great flick. Great flick. Yeah. Michael yeah. Rupert did a fantastic job playing Henry. Like, you Get can't go wrong with this. Get the uncut if you can. Uh, it's been released in multiple formats. For any uncut, I don't know. Uncut. The uncut movies are always the way to go. Yeah, uh, the town was the only time I ever watched a movie uncut that was worse. That was worse than the theatrical, and I like the theatrical. Uh, what's funny? Anybody who's never seen this movie, you probably would know Michael Rooker as more comedic stuff in the James Gunn films and such. Uh, check this movie out because Rooker plays such a psychopath in this movie that you you question if he'll even have a career in acting because he's so fucking, he seems so psychotic and real. Yeah, he took it, he took it to such a dark place. Like, Brad Dourif. He's very Brad Dourif in this, you know what I yep. mean? He should have won an award for it if he didn't. He, he just won the Shock Treatment Award. The Brad Dourif Award. Yep. And then we ha- next after that, we have 1972's Horror Express from Eugene O'Martin with Christopher Lee, Peter Cushing, you know, all you can say is classic all the way around. Yeah, a lot of big names. Yeah, I actually, I have actually seen this. I actually own this on VHS. Mm-hmm. So you, this is one uh, definitely. I haven't watched it in a long time. You can watch it on British TV with uh, Prime channels. So if you haven't seen it, it's available. I'm gonna. Yeah, unfortunately, I'm gonna have to say. Luckily, you've seen this film because I've never seen this. No, I, this is one that my dad actually used to like. So he would, I've seen it. Uh, thank you for me. Yeah, this one I can actually say I've seen. <laughs> and then like 1980, Humanoids from the Deep, from Bar- Barbara Peters and Jimmy Murakami with Doug McClure, Anne Takel, Vic Morrow, and Cindy Weintraub. I've never seen this movie in my life. I've yeah. heard of it. 
I, I but the VHS is dope, but I own this film. This is a good watch. This is one of those notoriously like um I wouldn't want to say bad. It's a half it's man, bad. half fish terrorizing a small fishing village, you know, killing men, raping women. There's probably a thousand different types of movies like this with different names, same premise. I believe Roger Corman even produced this one. Which uh, that can kind of tell you the kind of caliber, and nothing against Roger Corman, he's a legend, and I love him. But that can kind of tell you where you're going with it. Uh, if you like that type of deal, you'll probably love it. If you get down with like Piranha and shit like that, you'll probably get down with this. It's a fun movie, you know what I mean? Um, I own the VHS, and I'm told I could be wrong, but I'm told that it's a kind of a expensive VHS out there. And I, I have it like in a weird. I think mine's unopened. I got I got it like in a weird. So I was at a yard sale and talking. I was going to say why you were scouring out in the field. I was at. I stopped off at a yard sale once, and this dude had videotapes out, and I was talking to him about videotapes, and he said, "Hey, come with me," and he brought me into his basement. Oh uh, boy! I know, I know. I always get the. You're lucky it came out. But uh, he had a he he pulled out a bin of all these VHS that were like I got like the I think I got like the first edition Halloween there you know I got a bunch of like uh, sport like I like the old sport VHSs of boxing and wrestling and stuff like that I got some boxing tapes that weren't even opened yet and like just a bunch of really cool I think I got like a really old Halloween two like I think it was the first like time it got really it was like I got a really cool maniac from him I think. A lot of a lot of rare finds. The cool media, yeah, cool media. Like the whole Kate, like the cardboard was on the bottom too. Uh, yeah, really good stuff. So like, yeah, that's where I got that. That was a, uh, that's where I, that, yeah, that that deal. So followed up by that is nineteen seventy eight. My one of my all time favorites. I spit on your grave. Yes, uh, classic film. That's a movie I seen a little too young. I always bring that up and. Yes, I, I can agree with that one. I remember like the scene in there where she cuts his pinochle off in the in the tub. Yeah, I, I remember being so young that like I just remember her, like she was moving her hand in the water, for life. and he was like, "Ooh, no, it wasn't." I didn't even know what was going on. He, he was like, "Ooh," and I didn't realize that like they're tra- they're making it pretend like she's giving him a hand job. And I was like so young, I had no idea what was going on. And then she cuts his 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 his, his uh, the proper term is the penis cuts his penis off. And uh, you just see the water turn red. And I was like, I remember being a kid wondering why it was turning red. Like, I was super fucking young. Yeah, you weren't putting you weren't putting two and two together just yet. Yeah. And then and later, this is one I that I actually, uh, I actually love the remake of this one, too. I got to watch the, there's two remakes, right? I think there's actually four of them. They're not, the first two, maybe the first, actually there's three of them. But. The first, the re, the original remake of this was fantastic, and then the second one, not so much. And then the third one, they bring the girl back from the remake. Yeah, Camille. Yeah, no, not Camille Keaton. No, um, the girl that plays her character in the remake. I know that the director Mirz Archie, um, he had another film that was kind of like it called "Don't Mess with My Sister." I believe it was called. I have the box set. Like I bought them together because they came. 
the one, the other one was a lot lesser known, I believe. It was just like it, it was a rarity box set type deal. So with the two movies, you know, they people were probably buying for this, but got that as well. And I never watched the other one. I should, because um, I bet it's pretty fucking rare. Now that I think about it, I've never even heard of that. Yeah, because I've never heard of that anywhere either. else. But yeah, that was it. Don't mess with my sister. So I should we should get points for that. I haven't watched it actually. So uh, we'll get a half a point. Um, yeah. Next up, nineteen seventy eight, a film that I love to death. Science I like this one. Film. Yeah. Um, Philip Kaufman, you know, directed by. We've even wrote it, you know, Donald Sutherland's in it, of course, Brooke Adams, Jeff Goldblum, young Jeff Goldblum doing yeah, it. Veronica Cartwright. Yeah. Uh, this is another remake, you know, of a, of, a, of, a, of a classic science fiction film, Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Very creepy. Yep. Uh, my, in my top five science fiction movies of all time, you know. This she, is another she, one I actually have on VHS, too. I got this on VHS, uh, DVD, and Blu-ray big fan i have the soundtrack for it too it's nice uh, on vinyl yeah on vinyl on vinyl yeah and it sounds <laughs> very nice it's very nice very good stuff but you've seen it as well you said yes yeah classic classic um next up number 46 jack be nimble from 1993 uh, alexis arquette yeah, Alexis Arquette is the star. Um, her her one peace. and only popular film. Yeah, rest in peace to Alexis Arquette. Um, passed away maybe three, four years ago, I think. Yeah. Um, you know, I uh, unfortunately, I have never seen this film of you. No, I haven't. I, I never even heard of it, I'll be honest with you. Um, yeah. Well, the next movie up, 1988, your man's going to love. <laughs> it's so funny, too, because I literally just saw this. It, well, I'm glad that you've seen it because I've never seen this. Yep. So, I've yeah, seen Jack's it, back. It's I've a, seen it to rent and stuff or whatever, but I've never actually watched it because, uh, I'll I'm give not you my I'll give you my fan. login information. I'll give you my login information for Prime. That way you can go on there and. I got Amazon Prime. I get Amazon Prime for crying out loud. Well, then get the HBO package on there, too, so that you can watch Lovecraft. Give me your, co- give me your code for the HBO package. <laughs> okay. Take that. Um, I, yeah, like I said, I don't really get down with Spader that much, as much as you two do. But um, I, It's a recent thing for me since I've been with him. So, But this, I don't even think I finished watching it. It kind of was good. It was boring me. We should interview him on why he likes Spader because I've always find James Spader so unlikable. I had no idea why he had a career. I don't think he's that great of an actor. I don't think he's likable. Um, no offense if you're listening, Jimmy, but I uh, I was never a fan. You know what I mean? Yep. Um, but yeah. And yeah. the fact that you just said all of this about him and Justin didn't say a word. He didn't hear me. It would have been big beef if he heard me. The character Alan Shaw from The Practice in Boston Legal. And then he changes from that and he goes to do The Blacklist. 
The best thing from Boston Legal was when they had that weird old chubby dude that looked like he was his skin was made out of like what they make sausages out of. Captain Kirk? No, not not Kirk. There was another dude. Maybe it wasn't. No, what's the the, the school one? Boston Public. No, yeah, that's so you're thinking that of something one. else. Yeah. No, you know the guy I'm talking about right now? No. He looked like uh, the dude. The dude on Boston Public looked literally like what uh, fucking uh, Dan Aykroyd looked like as as that dude in fucking Nothing But Trouble with like the sausage nose. <laughs> Crazy. Um, yeah. So, 1983, the year I was born, is where our next movie's from. This was a rare movie for a little bit. I, it kind of still is. It's I haven't seen it. It's um the keep from Michael Mann. I directed starring, by the great action director Michael Mann. Mm. Yep, drama, fantasy, horror. Stars Scott Glenn, Ian McKellen, Alberta Watson, and Jurgen Prochno. Yes. Uh, have you seen? I have not seen it. Uh, this is Amazon. I have seen. I have the VHS to this film. Um, it's a fun little film. You know what I mean? It's it's. If I remember correctly, not a lot really happens in it, but it's like it has like a creepy vibe throughout it. But um, well, I it's, 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 good, it's good enough that it keeps your attention to watch the whole film. Yeah, I'm surprised that it never that it kind of disappeared just because Michael Mann's such a big director. You know what I mean? It's weird. I think it's. I think they do. I swear they do that just because they want to see what the demand for that movie is going to be after a while. It could be the soundtrack too. A lot of people don't understand how how much films get held up for soundtracks. Where the contract at the time they'll put a lot of music that's really hot in the movie, um, and if the contract isn't like solid when they go to re-release it, like that the royalties that have to pay for that music would like isn't worth even fucking repressing the movies, right? right? Nobody or the people that make money. People that make the money aren't going to make as much money as they want to make off of it, so they're not going to do it type deal. Like Alejandro Hodorowski's films, um, which we're going to get. I know one of his films was talked about being on this list. We'll get into. I know a lot of his films got tied up with weird fucking legal issues because um, the dude that produced for Lennon, John Lennon, um, was tied into uh, doing the music for the Hodorowski films. And I know that his films were like. You couldn't get them for a while just because of music issue tie-ups, which is kind of fucking, that's tough. You know, you got to kind of wonder what what don't we get to see anymore that was great because of shit like that. You know what I mean? Yeah, because they want the royalties for the soundtrack. Yeah. Um, Kingdom of the Spiders, 1977. Yes, this I have seen. It's, I haven't seen it since I was a kid. Just it's got because this Kirk too, like Justin was just talking about. Yeah, this one scarred me just because I don't like spiders. I agree, I agree, and I, so, I, I, yeah. There's uh, I that's put this all movie, I'm gonna say on that one. This movie I, scarred me for life. <laughs> I put this in the same category as a film called Tarantulas, which is really cool. Um, but yeah, like like Mad Mel says, those creepy. Creepy spiders, man. Give me the heebie-jeebies. Same thing with the, the movie Ants, where yeah. uh, as a kid, yeah. I see there's a scene in this movie called Ants where a kid's looking for bottles at a dumpster, and uh, 
he goes in there and the ants get on him and there's like this big long fucking shot of him running across like a uh, like a resort uh, and end, ends up in a pool but the whole time he's just covered in fucking looks like jimmies looks like they dipped him in jimmies and fucking ants and I, that imagery was so horrifying to me as a child that like that's why we kill ants that's why we fucking stomp on ants when we see them as a society I, any bug i don't care what it is if it's not dead it, it's not a good one yeah uh, so number 50 on this list is yeah. 1988's the lair of the white worm from ken russell i actually own this on yeah. vhs but i've never watched yeah. it I own it on VHS. I watch it. Ken Russell, I believe, did Nightmare on Elm Street 4 or 3. 3 or 4. Um, and he, he might have been the dude who did the Blob, too. The Blob remake from before. It was that Chuck Russell. I don't know. Um, I own this as well. Fun movie. You know, it's it's almost it's weird. Very weird movie. It's one of those very weird movies. I mean the, the 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 poster work. She looked like sexy as hell in that little leather outfit. That's why it was weird. Um, Hugh Grant was in it. Uh, Hugh, the only person I don't like more than Larry is fucking Peter Capaldi. I don't like Peter Capaldi. Hugh Grant. I want to fight Hugh Grant in a cage for charity money. And I don't even hate <laughs> Hugh Grant as a person. I just don't like Hugh Grant. Like the whole persona of him is like his whole acting persona. Oh, proper. Well, it's it's love. Option. A proper Englishman. I don't dig it. Well, he ain't proper because he was uh, he was getting down with like uh, prostitutes that had penises or something like that, if I remember correctly. Oh yeah, he's there's there's been all kinds of rumors and whatnot about him Hugh over the Grant, years. Fucking Hugh Grant. <laughs> Hugh Grant made a movie called Nine Months and then figured out a way how to destroy his career in less than nine months. Yep, seriously. That's that's uh, Hugh Grant's a weirdo. That Hugh, that that nine months movie, I will say, is his best effort because uh, Tom Arnold was in that, and they were like fun together for some reason. I don't know why. But because they both suck. Because <laughs> uh, they both suck. The thing, uh, Tom Arnold was was like was on so much cocaine making those movies that. Uh, it Probably made, needed to be on cocaine if this was during the time he was married to Roseanne. You see, that was quite a couple. And I always have uh, much love and respect to Roseanne, even when the world hates her. Uh, gigantic fan. Loved the TV show. Stand-up's good. You know. Uh, no, people just hated her just for her that, movie. I got, that I got, one thing. You know, I got She-Devil over here. You know what I mean? Classic, you know. Roseanne Barr is an interesting, interesting deal, that old deal. She's almost like a horror movie herself. She was in Freddy's Dead, you know what I mean? Like, I, when I think of Roseanne, I almost get that horror movie feel, you know what I mean? Yep. Her, but, her life is a horror movie. Unfortunately, you know. Sometimes it just is that way, you know. But she's got her horror ties. Freddy's Dead. Yep. You know? We show her love because she's obviously a fan of horror films if she's wanting to be in Freddy's Dead at the height of her popularity on TV. Yep, definitely. So much love to Roseanne. Roseanne Bye, you're our star. <laughs> we'll have you on the show. Let's do it. So I, I think we're, we're wrapping. We're going to stop at the 50. Uh, the, 50 the halfway point, point of this we're gonna do. We're going to turn this into a two-part episode. 
Um, this was a lot of fun. This was, uh, I, I had a feeling it was going to be fun. And it was even funner than I thought it was. We, we, uh, I, I think, I think we killed that bet with the first half of the list. What movies we haven't seen. Well, I have, I did anyways, because a lot of the, the movies on this first half, I really, it's, they're like, yeah, no. And then, you know, for every one movie I've seen, there's like five. I haven't. Well, by the way, by, by number 50, or 51 to be to be exact next movie will be 51 we have only not seen 11 films well that's so not we, bad then if we can do better in the the next 50 then we might be able to take the gold on this and it's it looks like it's gonna be very close which is keeping this even more funner than expected because we have if we do better than we if we do a little bit better than we did in this last one then we'll be successful. And how sweet would it be right before Halloween to just by the skin of our teeth take the victory from this Fangoria fucking list? Right? Seriously. Shock that, treatment Fangoria. over Fangoria. Shock yep. treatment over Fangoria. We'll, we'll okay. be the we're Maybe like not, man versus food minus the food part. Man versus horror movie. We're, we're going head-to-head with Fangoria's list right now. The battle of our lives, Mad Mel. The battle of our lives. An epic journey into hell. That's what they say. <laughs> but it's close so far. Yeah, 11. That's not bad. That's not bad. At the halfway point, we got, we've seen more than, uh, more than half. Something like that. We've only missed 10. We've only missed 10 of the first 50. Yeah, that's not bad. When you look at it that way. But, no, if, if if there's only 11 out of the first half, that's not bad at all. All right, keep me psyched up for the next. We get a whole other episode to go through it. Got keep another another 50 movies to discuss. The big Halloween episode this weekend with everybody uh, coming in. Yeah, I'm going to record this weekend. And then on Halloween Day, we're dropping this Halloween episode on the Boombastic Media site. Well, YouTube page, rather. And, uh, yeah. For Shizzle, it'll be a lot of fun. You know, we just recently started up a Boombastic Media Facebook page where we'll drop all our shit on there too, all our video stuff and, 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 and digital audio stuff. So check that out because that's where you'll be able to find the. I'm sure Each everybody. We're going to join the bandwagon with everybody else with the Patreon. Oh, we're going to do a Patreon it up. No more beans for dinner. <laughs> no more beans and lint for dinner. I've been eating beans and lint for dinner for so long. So long. <laughs> Alexander Hawk comes into Boombastic Films, takes all the money. Takes all the you gotta- books, writing checks for bullshit. Unbelievable. <laughs> well, that's what happens when you have a diva on set. Uh, he needs it. He tells me he needs it, so it's okay. Whenever somebody tells you they, that, that no matter that they need something... And then you look at what it is, and it's like something you know they don't need. Well, then you know you're dealing with Alexander Hawk. Yeah, like that time that he was on set, and you know he only wanted to eat the red M and M's out of the bag. You know, we used to have this person on the set called Gary. He was this guy who was 64 years old. Used to work at the grocery store with Buddy Butterfuco. He came on set once. Alex, he was at the at the uh, the table getting some uh, apple orange and orange peel, fucking snack on stuff. 
Alexander Hawk rolled in and he got there and his M&M tray was there. And he's very big on the green M&Ms. He likes all green M&Ms. And when he found out that it wasn't all green M&Ms, he flipped the table over. And then he grabbed Gary and he fucking, he headbutted him. And he fucking, I might get emotional here. He headbutted Gary so fucking hard. The Gary's fucking head blew up like a water balloon. I never seen nothing like that before. There was blood and guts everywhere. It was horrifying. Oh, I've seen that before in Deadly Friend. We had to shoot him up, Alexander Hawk, up with heroin. <laughs> Calm down. To make him take a nap. The only way you can get <laughs> that man to stop working, stop fucking killing it, shoot him up with some heroin, let him take a nap. For a while. <laughs> That's all he can do. But... <laughs> With that, I will, will. me and Mel will both wish everybody a great week as you prepare for Halloween. We hope everybody's got something cool planned. You know, they're going to listen to this, our big show as well as have some fun with the family and friends. And you want to say anything or, else to the folks, Mel? Or, or maybe they can, uh, you know, stop in and let us know what they're doing for Halloween to celebrate with the kiddos this year. Hell yeah. Uh, if you pop in. Go our Halloween COVID, our COVID Halloween show. Maybe if we're feeling crazy, we'll go on the page and put the link for anybody to just pop on the show. That could be interesting. That could be fun. Yeah, right? You, you never know what's going to happen. So keep your your ears and eyes peeled to that. I'll definitely end up in Facebook jail then. Facebook prison. Yep. The saddest of all prisons. I'll be shackled. <clears throat> You know what they say about Facebook prison. What's that? Once you go there, you never come back? You'll never have MySpace again. I miss MySpace. Because you got to share with a roommate. You get it? <laughs> yeah. Ain't that fun? All right. Well, we're getting... No, I, don't, I don't want... Yeah, don't remember. Don't drop the soap. Don't drop the soap. Don't drop the hope. But more <laughs> important, don't you drop that hope. Don't lose hope. alright well with that being said I think we're gonna see everybody on the next episode and uh, yeah everybody be safe out there and get ready for Halloween have fun with Halloween we'll catch y'all with part two to this subject on the next episode of Shock Treatment Mel and Mati Folks, 